Hello and welcome to Two Old Guys on the Back Porch. I am Steve Scotch and we have the lovely and talented Cat striking while the iron's hot. Cat, what's going on? Hey, how y'all doing? Weekly fan of Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, on all your premier podcast platforms. We also can be found on Facebook and Instagram. Give us a follow or a subscribe. Uh, two towns for shouting out. Uh, one is Stonecrest, Georgia. They're in DeKalb County. It's has a lovely Arabica Mountain National Heritage Center full of outdoor activities. Our other town is Universal City, Missouri, home of the University of Missouri St. Louis, a very nice uh, public research university. Giving y'all a big cheer. Alcohol is a mainstay here on the back porch. Look, alcohol, it's not going to solve your problems, but neither is milk. Today, I'm having a white Russian, which is actually liquor and milk combined. Cat, what you got? I'm just having me a nice, uh, let's see, a lavender lemonade with uh, some nice gin, some Empress 1908 gin. Ooh, I have a little background noise. Sorry about that. Bad All right, planning. today we take a look at a bunch of dodgy do-nothings who sit around getting Dorito crumbs all over their keyboard while playing Internet Detective. Uh, these losers, they like to call themselves the Internet Sleuths. Which I, what's the word sleuth? It was like an old name for a detective in the 20s or 30s or something? Right. All right. Well, here we go again. The sleuth is back. Now, a sleuth is actually, again, another term for a detective, but a detective actually goes out and interrogates witnesses, searches for clues, visits a crime scene. But the Internet sleuth just sits there on their ass and throws out a bunch of accusations about who killed who or why someone is dead. Now... We usually like to tell you why we bring up these topics. I'm just bumping around, nothing on the tube. And the Vice Network, which I'm not promoting in any way, they got this show on there now called Solved or Resolved, where the Internet sleuths re-examine mostly celebrity deaths, like Prince, Bob Saget, Tom Petty. And, and then a magazine came in here. And it was an article about the internet sleuths trying to solve that high-publicized case where the four University of Idaho students were stabbed in, was it November of last year? Right. Just a senseless, violent act that took four people's lives for no reason at all. Now... The real detectives were out there beating the bushes trying to find this piece of shit while the internet sleuths were spreading a bunch of bullshit theories online. So the internet sleuths, they got their own chat rooms where they can bounce around their ridiculous ideas off of each other. So I was wondering, who would know or care 
what the hell these people were saying in the first place. Evidently, a lot of this bullshit pops up on Reddit. I'm not familiar with it. I keep hearing it. What What is Reddit? Reddit is like... It's like Instagram for nerds. It's basically you go on a topic and you go further down on that topic and what other people think of that topic. Okay. Well, evidently the sleuth started there and then progressed to their own little dodgy sites. I don't know. The Internet sleuths, they've now poked the bear. The police departments are now being vocal about the spread of this misinformation and, you know, just plain rumors interfering with their investigations. We had a story out here. A lady got attacked behind the Poe Museum. We have a museum downtown called the Edgar Allan Poe Museum. If you don't know Edgar, look him up. They have a great unhappy hour every month. Yes, he did like to it's drink. It's a lovely cocktail time to talk about some he macabre things. turn it up. So the lady's walking behind there. It's like middle of the night, and she gets assaulted. So a couple days later, the, the mayor down there, which you should know by now, we're big fans of his, Not. Uh, announced that uh, uh, thanks to the new technology, the police have apprehended the uh, suspect in that horrible assault down there. Well, come to find out, the sleuthies got involved, and somebody had a video of this young dude walking around that area at that time. They went to the house, cuffed him, brought him in. Well, guess what? Wrong dude. Okay, a couple of days later, he's lawyered up, find out he's nowhere near that uh, horrible assault that happened. So they go to the mayor and ask for a comment. Um, hey, dude, your new technology, which was like listening to the Internet idiots, didn't work. And the mayor's comment was, no comment. The sleuthies, they got their own place. They, they go to the, uh, let's see, they got a website called Web Sleuths, way to be you know, creative. That thing started in 1999, by the way. So this ain't nothing new. Um, and it, it probably started out... It's like an innocent thing, you know, right? Not doing damage, just kind of chatting about it, see what you think or whatever. There's other sites, uh, the Sleuth Syndicate, uh, Uncovered is another one. I just thought it was weird that I, I flipped on the Vice Network and I see this completely ridiculous show about these internet detectives trying to prove that some celebrities who died of drug overdoses, okay, which is not uncommon, okay? These people have doctors on the hook. A lot of these celebs, especially musicians, right? They're beat up, banged up. They've been on the road the whole life, hips hurt and knees hurt, and they get whatever they want. But the sleuthies on this show on Vice are saying, you know, that they didn't die from overdoses. And, and their reasoning it really makes no sense. And then again, an article pops up right here on this table about what happened at, to the University of Idaho students. So I said, shit, let's take a look at it and see if this stuff 
is for real, and it is. I mean, to me, it's a little cold-hearted, right? I mean, to spew out incorrect takes about who killed who. I mean, you're messing with people's emotions, all right? I think it was just, it happened right before, what, Thanksgiving? And then all the college students that were off for Thanksgiving had nothing else to do but to think about and talk about this case, especially all the Idaho students. I mean... Again, I, the, the, you're sitting there messing with people's minds, okay? The, the person who's dead, most, most likely, if they were lucky, had friends, right, family, who were very upset. And I don't think they want somebody sitting on their ass in the basement eating Cheetos and ice cream telling them what they think happened to their loved one. There was like one ex-boyfriend that was like harassed constantly and people told me you need to turn yourself in where he had nothing to do with it right i mean look who doesn't like to play detective okay the wifey watches first 48 like all the time there's so many of these other that one's done it shows where you're sitting there on the couch trying to figure out who this dodgy bastard is i love me some dateline the internet sleuths are starting to pile up a lot of bad, they're starting to pile up a bad track record I don't for know. sure. There was one case a month or so ago. There was a girl that was missing that was on Unsolved Mysteries, the reboot that's on Netflix, and they did find the girl. I mean, you know, but then there's a lot of people that just ha- don't have time in their hands and don't know actual research and actual evidence finding. You know, they just are just spinning accusations like, like this one. Okay. Again, back to the four University of Idaho students. Okay. They, the police department had to set up a rumor control, whatever that is, on their website. Now, there was this one TikTok loser, user, blamed it on one of the professors at the University of Idaho for committing the murders. And I think she had a defamation suit filed against her. So way to go, TikToker. You know, remember uh, Unite the Right uh, March? Unite the Right March in Charlottesville. Right. Which happened right down the road from here. All right, the internet detectives accused somebody there of doing some dodgy shit, shit at that fiasco and leaked his address online, and he had no part in it. You know, this could be worse. Remember the uh, the bombing at the Boston Marathon? It was like 10 years ago. It's like right. 2013, around there. All right, the internet idiots accused a Brown University student named Sunil Tripathi. Sorry about that. Who had gone missing. Now, while his parents were searching for his whereabouts, Reddit users decided he was a suspect in the bombings. And so the family started receiving death threats, okay? Well, Sunil Tripathi was found dead, uh, committed suicide. Had nothing to do with the freaking Boston Marathon. So this internet detective garbage, it's been going on for quite a while now. There's, you've got to clarify your statement. You can't go... I think he did it. You can say, I wonder if he did it, but right. not, you know, 
go on with no evidence. I don't know. The internet's sleuths. They need to get a grip. You know, I, I think it's an addiction. Don't you? These people are like addicts. Well, some they people can't keep their nose out of police business. Some people, honestly, who have do have experience and do help try and help, come from a place of trying to help. Others are just trying to figure it out without any evidence. Well, sometimes they cause major damage to innocent people's lives, and none of these people are being held accountable. I mean, these people are blurring the line right between reality and their entertainment. I guess right. I mean, sometimes slowing down an investigation instead of helping, because, like, they'll have caused, like, the tip lines to be overwhelmed, and, and then lies just kind of take over the truth. You know, Betsy had our premonition while she was asleep that so-and-so did it is not evidence. I don't know. These people need to get a life, all right? Go find a hobby. Take a backgammon or freaking go get a yoga mat and join a class. Go bowling. Do something. At these sites, they may get shut down eventually. Uh, it could happen. All right. We're going to roll right into one tough son of a bitch. William Tyndale? Tyndall. Tyndall. I was close. Well, it's got an E on the end. Born in 1494, just the other day. Check out the place where he was born. Stinchcomb? Stinchcomb, England? <clears throat> Must have smelled bad there. All right, let's get right to the heart of the matter. Oh, it eventually turned into Gloucestershire. That sounds better. Gloucestershire. I was close again and had an E on the end of it. All right. I, think, I think we've had a listener from there. Yes. Hopefully they're listening now. William is well known for translating the Bible to English. Okay, William Tyndall. His translation, it was sort of a slap in the face of Catholicism, right? Well, was this before um, he wanted Henry the church, VIII? He wanted the Church of England to break away from the Catholic Church. Okay. Okay. And William Tyndall, he then took it to a new level and wrote this thing called The Obedience of a Christian Man. And William Tyndale then took it to a new level and wrote the obedience of a Christian man that stated that the monarch should control the church, not the Pope. And that was it. William was on the run. Okay, He was captured, jailed, and back in those days, you got burned at the stake. What a way to go. Dude was smart as shit, spoke seven languages. One estimate is the New Testament, the King James Version, is 83% William Tyndall, and the Old Testament is like 76 Tyndall. Do you know what his last words were? I don't. Oh, Lord, open the King of England's eyes. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Why he was going up in smoke, dirty. Several docs on this guy. So many documentaries have been made about William. Man with a Mission, The Bible Revolution, Fires of Faith. The most dangerous man in Tudor England, William Tyndall. I watched a little one on YouTube before we did oh, this. Yeah. yeah, he had books, movies, all telling his story. Check us out. He is number twenty-six in the top one hundred Brits of all time, and that makes William Tyndall. Boy, one time. 
One tough son of an awesome dude. All right, Kat, what are we watching? We watched together a certain horse race. The Belmont Stakes. The Belmont Stakes. The third jewel of the Triple Crown. It was run a couple weeks ago. It was like June 9th, right before the best day of the year, June 10th. My birthday. All right, a couple weeks ago. No, it, it ran on your birthday. Okay, my mistake. Now, it almost didn't run at all because we had smoke rolling down. So if you remember that time, Canada was on fire, okay? And the smoke was rolling down the East Coast of the United States, which, you know, we could actually smell it and see the smoke here in Virginia. Come on, Canada, get your act together. So the Belmont Stakes, they, they ran the races, they moved it to Fox. Okay, that's right. The network that shows tons of commercials and very little program. Basically because New York horse racing has a deal with Fox, right? Right. Okay. NBC has been doing the Triple Crown races, Breeders' Cup. And if you're not into horse racing, don't worry about it. We are a little bit. We'll lose a little money on it. It's no biggie. We're not going through the kids' inheritance, not that there's much there anyway. Just doing it for fun. But I hit an exacta. Or maybe. And maybe you're superfecta too. Maybe. I'm a degenerate. And so, here we go. We're on Fox. Okay. Now, they've got the Belmont Stakes locked up till 2030. This one race has been shit mixed over to Fox. The rest of it's still on NBC. I don't know why. So, we've got seven more years of this garbage. So, Here's how the maiden voyage went for Fox and their lame-ass track covering horse racing. And this just isn't us bitching here on the back porch. The next day, the Twitter sphere blew up on Twitter how Twitter went this wild. All right, first we had Lafitte Pinkai Jr., who he's been doing horse racing for a while. His dad was a famous jockey. I think Lafitte, he tried to, Jr. tried to jockey a little bit. He's too big. Then they had the crooked ass uh, jockey Gary Stevens, who he used to run ride horses back in the day. He's sitting there looking just mad. And then they got the uh, not so attractive dude who actually does horse racing on the regular on the Fox Sports One channel. This is what we usually watch. Right. So now we got Gary Stevens, a retired jockey. He's sitting there just pissed. Soon as the show comes on, because they're going to show like three or four races before the Belmont Stakes. And I'm like, why is this dude so freaking pissed looking? Well, then I find out they were only on the broadcast for like five seconds because Fox and their deviant ways started slipping in their so-called horse racing experts. They're stars. They're stars. (laughs) They're our, our, our sports stars. And that's when the thing went sideways. Okay, now how dirty... Is the Fox Net Network? The answer is very dirty. And most of these people were clueless. Right. So they started shoving out people who kind of know something about the game and shoving in their own people in there who don't know a freaking mayor from a, a, a freaking Philly. I mean, it was pathetic. Now, I'm going to become to the defense of NBC. When NBC does it, it's a long day, but it's a wonderful day because you've got. Fashion coming in and have what 
Woodford Reserve millionaire drink is going to be, or, you know, little tidbits for what's happening in Kentucky. And Fox has commercials at the Wazoo. That went on and on. They were running commercials right up until it was like one minute to post. And for you not horse racing people, that's a minute before the horse race goes off. They're running commercials, and then, bam, they're going in the gate. Now, what I thought was strange was, just for the heck of it, I went over to FS1, which is the channel we usually watch. They were having their own broadcast at the same time. <laughs> like, what was the point in that? You took all the talent that knows what they're doing and didn't put it on the big channel. So here's the Fox horse racing desk that started off. They had this big dude. I don't know what his name is. If You'll see him on Fox. He does football. Uh, nothing against the man, but he knows nothing about horse racing. Then they had some painted up trick with a dress on that hit her right above the knee and some riding boots. Like she'd never ridden a horse before. And of course, you know, Fox, they love the eye candy, right? Ooh, I don't know what her name candy. is. It was Clarissa, Charissa, whatever her name is. And then they had some other dude who looked like, I don't know, Drew Carey's long lost homeless brother. I mean, it was freaking pathetic. Price was right, bitch. So they run the race, and then Clarissa, Charissa, with her riding boots on, go, goes down to the winner's circle with no clue to, to ask the winning jockey some questions. And she kept asking him the same question. It was like, uh, so how does it feel to win the Belmont Stakes? And the guy's like, well, you know, I didn't win. The horse won, and I want to thank the connections, and we have a very good trainer and all that. Then back to the question. Um, so what are your emotions right now? That you, you just asked him what he felt like. Now we're asking about his emotions. I mean, the whole thing was a shit show. I, I don't. And there's it. Wolfenberg. She's like given like, you know, she actually knows what she's doing and getting short shift. Wolfendale. Wolfendale, sorry. So I don't know how NBC let this thing get away. I don't know. Fox has ruined every sport that it's ever touched, and I don't have anything left. Okay, my hockey's on ESPN, so now that's screwed, and now my horse racing's screwed. All right, let's move on. I need a drink. We're going to Shot of the Week. Sounds like somebody's shaking dice, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a cocktail it's shaker. This week, Shot of the Week. Get your pen and paper out. Write it down. It's called liquid cocaine. Yikes. All right. This shot, it's got many different recipes. So we're going to go Jägermeister, rum, and schnapps. And basically, the main ingredient in the liquid cocaine is the Jäger. You can put anything else with it. Well, they were eat in my concoction here, they were equally one half ounce. Okay, that's what I have. Exactly. Now, if you know anything about Jaeger, this drink things could get the, ugly. This drink came from the nineties. Numerous recipes for liquid cocaine. All right. As Kat said, we got a half shot of Jaeger, half shot of Bacardi one fifty one, get the big big dog, and a half shot of Goldschlager. Cats made us one. Where'd it go? It's right behind your maker's mark. And a, a little tip I'm going to keep saying when you do these shots. Go ahead and chill your ingredients before you do it. If, if, if you're not doing shakers and ice, definitely uh, chill this stuff up. Jaeger's got to be cold anyway to get that shit down. All right, here we go. Oh. <laughs> 
I don't know. It's first I thought I was taking a sip of Pepsi, and then it turned on me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that Jaeger just hit my freaking back of my throat. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. No. Anything. I think when you put schnapps, I think and it's stuff, like it the Goldschlager concoction from the other week. It's more for the. Christmas or I can tell you what about six or eight of those and you're going to be howling at the moon. Thank you, cat. Liquid cocaine. Give it a shot. Today we were bumpered in. Alcohol is bad. Not really. <laughs> Tame Impala. You know him. Formed in 20. That can't be right. 2007. That's right. From Perth, Australia. I don't have an accent for that. Tame Impala is basically Kevin Parker. Uh, second album nominated for a Grammy. In Australia, they're freaking God. Every album goes straight to the top, wins all the music awards. I like some of their stuff. I've been listening to it for a while. Um, not not an overly big fan of Tame Impala. Uh, probably if you d- hit a little hooch and listen to it, it probably goes down a little better. Kevin Parker, Psychedelics might help. He, he, Kevin Parker writes, records, and plays everything. I mean, you, you could call him the Prince of Australia. Uh, which, you know, when, when dudes are doing everything, it can be a good thing and a bad thing, right? There's nobody there to say no. Well, I mean, I showed you an interview with who the other day? Prince. Prince, and he was like 19 years old and was playing all the instruments. Right. And because wouldn't take could. and wanted, you know... No one to produce him but himself. Well, this guy, nobody tells him what to do. And and this stuff's good, you know, and nobody's going to say anything bad about Prince. He was a freaking genius. But Tame Impala, you know, to me, some of the stuff lately, it's starting to drift. Um, I don't know, but they got so many. Is it a Tokyo drift? He has so many good songs. Um, You know, just put on a. Tame Impala album, like I said, take a just inhale if you know what I mean, and and you'll get the whole picture. Check out Tame Impala wherever you get your music. Oh, and uh, they're not touring right now at the moment. They did do a little Lollapalooza tour in South America back in March. All right, we want to thank everybody for hanging out on the back porch. We will see y'all down the road. See ya. Like a breath.